Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... Your next storyteller is a TV and radio personality and is the host and executive producer of Hampton Roads Voices Radio Show. She is the author of the book Reinvent Your Life in the Second Act. She is the mother of children ages 30, 32, 34, and 2... And the things she likes, cottage cheese, Star Trek, wigs, and false eyelashes. I think we all feel that way. Give it up for Benita Adams! Sometimes the best life's lessons are not wrapped up in a big red bow. Sometimes the best life's lessons are wrapped up in sandpaper. Now, when my kids were little, I told them over and over again, your life is not your own. It belongs to other people. Your life is not your own. It belongs to everybody else. And what I meant by that is, Everything you do will have consequences, and those consequences affect everybody in your life. Now, I worked in TV for a long time. I uh, did stories and traffic. I flew in the helicopter. I was in the studio. I met people on the street. I worked with a crew. So I was with the same morning show people, the same show, and the same station year after year. Now, there's something about having a public job, and that is people feel that they know you. And more than they feel like they know you, they feel like because they know you, they can say anything to you. Oh, I does, Benita. I can say anything to her. Like the woman who called the station, and she says, I can no longer watch you because you wear your pen on the wrong side of your jacket. You obviously know nothing about fine jewelry. <laughs> or the lady that sent the email and said, Girl, you have gotten so fat. You used to look good when I first started watching you, but you are so fat now, I don't even know what happened to you. (laughs) Or the letter that came into the station, and the man wrote, Benita, I watch you all the time. You seem like such a nice person. I'd like to get to know you. And when they release me in a couple of years, I'll come and meet you. (laughs) So when I first got the message on Facebook from Stephanie, I just thought she was another fan viewer. She said, I watch you all the time. She said, I know your son, Nick. And if you're interested, you have a grandson. Now, I just told you that people send all kinds of stuff and send you messages. So I told my daughter, this this girl named Stephanie sent me a message about Nick. And I said, Lindsay, can you 
check this out and see if this is a real person. She's kind of like a social media guru kind of person. And I said, check it out for me. And she said, Mom, after she did it, she said, Mom, that's not even a real person. This is one of those people that watch all the time. They're not a real person. That's not even a real account. Don't even worry about it. I said, I thought so. So I told my son anyway. I said, I said Nick, there's this girl named Stephanie. They sent me a message on Facebook saying something about you and her, but I know it's not true, right? He said, Mom, I don't even know anybody named Stephanie. I said, okay. So about a month passed, and my daughter and I had to go to Texas. She was shooting a TV show on TLC called Skin Tight about weight loss. And so I was the caregiver because she had to have a lot of procedures and, and, and uh, cosmetic surgery. So we went off to Texas, and we weren't scheduled to come back from Texas until two days after Christmas. Now let me tell you about that particular Christmas. That was going to be the best Christmas ever. It was going to be the best Christmas ever because I was an empty nester. Now, I don't know if, you've been, if anybody's out there is an empty nester, but it is a wonderful feeling. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, look at all these rooms I got in my house. Ain't nobody there. You can walk around with nothing on. You don't have to close the bathroom door. You know, it's, it's a fabulous feeling. I was like, I'm an empty nester. Oh, this is good. And then it was going to be such a fabulous Christmas because my book was coming out. I wrote a book, and I was like, okay, this is the month. The book is coming out. I'm an author. I'm going to talk about women over 50. I am that woman. This is so good. Life couldn't be better. And the book, I knew the box of books would be there when we came back after being in Texas shooting the show. And so my daughter from L.A., my oldest daughter from L.A. was visiting their dad was going to visit. My son was there, my daughter, of course, and my mom, who's 86. They were, everybody's going to be there, and we're all excited. So two days after Christmas, we, we come. We come back from Texas, and we do Christmas. And I'm like, this is so good. This is so good. And then my son calls me into the kitchen. He said, Mom, Mom, can I, can I see you in the kitchen? Now I'm thinking this is going to be good because he's, he knows this is my year. He's going to say, Mom, I'm getting you a car, or Mom, I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm like, yeah, 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 son, yeah. Okay. I said, what is it? He says, Mom, um, you remember that girl named Stephanie? Oh, honey, yeah, yeah, I remember her. She's not even, remember Lindsay looked her up. She's not real. You, and, and you say you don't even know anybody named Stephanie. Well, Mom, um, I do know Stephanie. I have a son. You are a grandmother. And oh, by the way, Merry Christmas. <laughs> now, 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 you got to remember a, 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 a couple of things. Now, first of all, I love Star Trek, the original Star Trek. The only real Star Trek, okay. I love Star Trek. And there was one episode of Star Trek where Captain Kirk, Bones, and Mr. Spock went to some alternate universe. And they saw themselves in this alternate universe that looked just like them, but they were different. 
And when my son said, oh, by the way, you are a grandmother and I have a son, I'm telling you, it felt like my head went, just like that. And I felt like I was in an alternate universe, even though I was in our same kitchen. It still smelled like Christmas. It still looked like Christmas. But it sure as hell didn't feel like Christmas all of a sudden. I'm like, wait a minute. And then you got to know, too, that, that, that my son is a jokester. He, he just, he's, a, he's a real smart ass, my son. And my son has always teased me. So when my son said that, and after my head stopped spinning, I started hyperventilating. I went, <laughs> I did. I said, stop playing, boy. Stop playing. I'm not pl-. He said, Mom, I'm not playing. I said, you are playing. You're playing with me. Stop it. He said, Mom, it's real. Now, two things you got to know about that situation. One is... I have always, since my kids were really little, given my kids the talk. You know that talk? The birds and the bees talk. I'm telling you, I was so good, I was diagramming. Okay, this is this, this is this. When this does this, this is the the talk. I was really good. My daughter would go, oh, mom, the talk. And the second thing you've got to realize is my son was married on top of all of that. So I'm thinking, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he says, Mom, would you like to meet the baby? I want to say, hell no, I want to meet the baby. What if I, want meet, I don't want to meet the baby. Mama, I don't want to meet the baby. No, but I said, okay, <laughs> okay. When do you, when you want to bring the baby over here? He said, tomorrow. I said, okay. So tomorrow, the next day comes. I have an appointment in the morning. He tells me he's going to bring the baby over in the afternoon. I drive home knowing that the baby is there because he texts me. And my mother, I walk in the door. My mother is sitting right there in the kitchen, and she's holding the baby. Now, I had already had in my mind how I was going to react to the baby what I was going to say, how I was going to feel, because I was the mother that always said to my kids, if you ever have a baby, I ain't never going to take care of that baby, so if you ever think I'm going to call you, and that everything, (laughs) I said that all the time. But when I walked in, and my mother was holding that little bundle of beautifulness, I walked straight up to that baby, and to my mother, and I said, give me that baby. And when I took that baby in my arms and I kissed that soft little cheek and I touched that little silky hair, I felt that baby in my arms and I breathed in the babiness of that baby because he smelled just like baby. I fell hopelessly in love with him. Now, if you think that's the end of the story and it all worked out well, it did not. (laughs) Let me quickly tell you that. Life became a series of court, cops, and chaos after that. Arguments and accusations. It's almost like when two streams come together, like that, splattering water everywhere. It was crazy. 
And then after that, it reminded me of the story of Henny Penny. You know Henny Penny? Who's going to help me get the grain? Nah, honey, I ain't got no time to get no grain. Who's going to help me mill the... Nah, I ain't got no time. Who's going to help me? Everybody's, oh, that's such a cute baby. Oh, let me look at him. Okay. Let, oh, let, oh, okay. Wait a minute. So after about several weeks later, my son is deployed, so he's gone overseas. My other daughter goes back to L.A., my other daughter is healing well, but she has to go back to Chicago. Their daddy goes off and lives where he lives, and my mama goes back to Cleveland. So I am there with this baby, and with the baby's mother, who I don't know at all. And after a while, she says, well, can you watch the baby for a few hours? I go, yeah, okay. And then she says, Oh, I gotta work late tonight. So can you keep them a little longer? I said, okay, I wasn't working, that's fine. But then she said, I'm gonna have to work all weekend. So can he stay the weekend too? I'm like, okay, okay. And then she said, Can you can you give me some money for diapers? Because I don't I don't have any money. And I don't have any money for gas. And I don't have any money for formula. And I can't even get back over there to get him. So can you just kind of keep him for me? I say, uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm walking around in the house one day thinking, where is everybody? Mama ain't, the baby's mama ain't there. The baby's daddy ain't there. The grandpa ain't there. The aunties aren't there. Where did everybody go? It's just me and this baby. How did this happen? So finally, the judge said, I said, courts, cops, and chaos, I am not kidding. So finally, the judge just says, okay, he's yours. He is your baby. God bless you. <laughs> so I take that baby. But I tell you, sometimes, and I mean it, sometimes the best life's lessons, they are not wrapped up in that big, pretty, red bow that you think is going to be your life. Sometimes it's sandpaper. But sandpaper can start to smooth down those rough edges. And sometimes sandpaper can make you understand what you could not understand at first. And sometimes sandpaper can smooth things out and make you not so prickly and judgmental. And sometimes, just sometimes, that sandpaper turns into a beautiful little boy who says, Grandma... I love you. And I say, I love you too. Thank you. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.